Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, a very excited galaxy. This is the Four Center Podcast. I'm Ken Napsok. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And we are here uh, back at the other command bridge. We've been uh, going back old school. Uh, we're going to your uh, studio, Joseph, and yeah. we're back here. A Which, four bridge and an aft bridge. That's a thing, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like uh, the profundity, or no, excuse me, the radis, right? Yeah, that yeah. has up and down. Oh, yeah. Like we got the this. up and down command ship. Yeah, up and down command ships here at Four Center, <laughs> which also means I do have the intergalactic space gardeners that show up a lot of times during the recording we'll work on that but hey it's a lawn we are here we are here and let's just get to business uh, before we get to the fun today's podcast is brought to you by audible get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player today's episode is rise of the fan questions and the reason being 
the way life is, full disclosure, Joseph and I are recording this mere hours before the episode nine final trailer. That's right. We are full of ignorance, <laughs> unlike the people who will be listening to this yes. uh, later in the week. So if you're tuning in going, where's the breakdown? Well, there was a separate breakdown episode, and that should be up for your enjoyment. But I love this, Joseph. I love that we are creating our own little time capsule of not yeah. knowing. It's the closest we can get to time travel. Pre-recording podcast <laughs> before trailers drop. So we're going to dive into uh, uh, some news and a lot of great questions f- from uh, you all. Uh, before we do that, we're going to do a, a quick check in on our lives and Star Wars adventures. Uh, a lot of things go. A lot of things going on. Uh, we are hitting the ground running here for this uh, recording today. Just, I'm, I'm literally like shaking with excitement over the trailer. We will have seen by the time yeah, this comes out. I sent like three emails saying, yes, that's very important. However, there's a Star Wars trailer Star today. Wars. I'll talk to you soon. Hello, this is <laughs> Mr. Hollywood Business. We'd like to sign you to a deal. I have no time for your standard famous contracts. <laughs> uh, any adventures, sir? Uh, yeah, yeah. Went to uh, the Beverly Hills Art Fair uh, with my my wonderful wife, Sarah. And it was, uh, I, I, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, I have a visual art degree, one of the many things that I've done in life that I have not entirely followed through on. But I have a degree uh, in the right. painting and the drawing, so I really love looking yeah. at art and, and, you know, thinking through the movement uh, yeah. and, and uh, all of my preferences. Bunch of beautiful, some sculptures that look like they should be in Bespin that I wanted to buy. Ooh. Some beautiful, perfect sculptures, some great uh, landscapes, some great surrealism, all kinds of things. But then there was one booth that was mostly just Star Wars. It was really? mostly oh, just yeah, good. like yeah. very, everything ranged from very artistic to, I don't know, we're mostly trying to sell prints and get yeah. people to follow us on Instagram. And th- there was one that was just like, <laughs> it, there was a bunch of long canvases that were uh, Star Wars characters. It looked like hanging up their clothes to dry and kind of hanging in the background. So it'll be like, okay. oh, there's an X-Wing flight suit and like uh, Leia's suit. Right. But then like just all of 3PO is hanging there to dry. <laughs> so some surreal stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> coverings and all. Coverings and all. Yeah, but then R2, too. You could make the coverings nudity uh, 3PO <laughs> joke, but R2 was just hanging from like... Just, it was just what yet another one of those. Mm. You see Star Wars absolutely everywhere, no yeah. matter what. It's everywhere. It's everywhere you want to look and find it, and it inspires uh, us everywhere. That's that's a fun adventure. Yeah, it was a fun one. It was a fun one. How yeah. about you? Sir, I didn't do much other than work. <laughs> uh, I um, am, am having such fun writing that flag sports baseball column. But what that means now is I have to watch the baseball games. Oh, no. Have so, to. Yeah, you know, it's been a great time. Yeah. But, you know, a, a, a good playoff baseball game can be a four- or five-hour thing. So I've been sitting there writing. It's been a lot of fun. So no doubt about that. But I did take time this past Sunday to stream again, to get back on Twitch. I had done it in a while and had about an hour or so. And I was like, I'm going to choose to do this. And I went back to Battlefront. And so many of our life updates are Battlefront updates, (laughs) Battlefront 2 updates, but I haven't, I haven't played it since the big stuff. Okay. So I spent uh, almost an hour, went to Naboo a little bit, but almost an hour on Felucia. Oh yeah. Doing, did you do the co-op or did you do the, uh, capital supremacy? I hadn't uh, capital supremacy against AI Okay. because I hadn't played the game in so long. I got one of those, you need to update it buddies. Okay. And it yeah. was one of those 
good luck. You might as well just go offline to play. So I streamed just against AI, which now you can adjust AI. It's a challenge. It's it's not yeah. just like shooting uh, uh, droids in a, a barrel. Uh, but Felucia, I love the Felucia map on the original Battlefront too. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't. I never played that one, so just this is a new experience for me. One of those things that kind of expanded the appreciation of the prequels when you didn't know what was doing that. Yeah. We're like, oh, I've Ava Sakura died on a pretty cool planet. This one, have you been on the Felucia map this time? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Those apartments. I know, right? What are those apartments? It's the greatest thing ever. I think they're in the that great Clone Wars episode. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, the one that's really uh, based on uh, Seven Samurai. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. I, get, I think there, I'm getting that right. There's so many Clone Wars episodes, I'm just going to go yes because I've seen it. It's the, it's the I, I think about it a lot because it's the... It's got some great Embo stuff, and it is mm-hmm. the one where Hondo, one of the times where yes. ha- early Hondo, where he's straight up evil in, like, yeah. in a fight, kind of takes it to Anakin, and not it's basically good. just, you know, the bounty hunters and the in the Jedi, you know. He's not a wise cracking, uh, you know, yeah. lovable, lovable He's not scoundrel. a lovable <laughs> scoundrel, yeah. He's trying to kill Anakin <laughs> and take people's beautiful little homes that we can yeah. now visit in Battlefront 2. I, I, yeah, I, I hadn't really uh, connected it right away, you know, and I ran up there on into one of them and there's like a fireplace. There's like a table setting. I was like, I want to rent, I want to rent this. It is a hell of a thing though when yeah. you're like, oh, I'm running around, I'm, I'm shooting, I'm exploding like poison little, you know, pustule plants and then suddenly like, I'm in a person's living room. Yeah. <laughs> it was also fun because I got to do, uh, because I'm not playing with online players, when a hero when I had enough points to be a hero, I could have my pick of the hero. Yeah. And that's part of the reason I don't do the heroes in the regular online game because, you know, people are getting them right away. So I was Maul for a while, and I had a great dream fight Maul versus Yoda that went on for oh, a bit. Oh, nice. And, like, we're hacking and slacking, and I kill, then I feel bad for killing Yoda. Well, so, sometimes the dark side wins. That's yeah. the way it goes. Yeah. And a, a double uh, Star Wars Adventure Life update. We got a friend of the show, listener, Mike, uh, who's a big fan of Force Center, also a manager at Best Buy. And he uh, sent us some uh, gifts to our uh, mailbox over at uh, 3727 West Magnolia Boulevard, box 728, Burbank, <laughs> California, 91505. Uh, and he sent us some Rise of Skywalker vintage uh, three and three quarter figures. Yeah. Uh, I have the Sith Jet Trooper. So beautiful. And I know uh, you have something you're very excited about. I am. I am holding in my very hand a Knight of Ren. So cool. Uh, thank yeah. you so, so very much. Uh, this is uh, one that I had this great experience where I, I managed on Triple Force Friday to find a couple of these figures. Yeah. I found a Sith Jet Trooper and Ray, and then I saw somebody else in Barnes & Noble walking around with a Knight of Ren in their hand. <laughs> I was like, I, I want that. And now it's in my hand, and this is just, man... Yeah. Such a cool action figure. The axe is so tall, it comes it's in tall. a couple pieces. And it is the axe that does look like it's in the uh, the background of Dryden Voss's uh, right. office. So, man, Easter this egg. is the Knight of Ren. They're just the mystery of the character. Yeah. How cool the, the character looked. The fact that it doesn't have a name, it's just yeah. a Knight of Ren. It doesn't say a Knight. I'm it convinced. says Knight of Ren. But it's just like, man, old school Star Wars feeling. So, again, mm. uh, thank you so, so much for sending that. I'm going to name, he's got catcher knee pads, so I'm going to name him Gary Wren after my favorite <laughs> baseball player, Gary Carter. That's what he's going to be. Uh, thank you, Mike, at Broski Mike on Twitter. We appreciate that. Um, a lot of fun. Um, before we move on to the news, resistance check-in, and at the time of this recording, I have to admit, second week in a row, I just have not been in the habit to return to watching right, resistance. Right, I yeah. missed it. It's, it's on my DVR. I'm going to watch it. 
But as we go to record, I was like, oh, no, I forgot. It's all so much. And then I, I noticed that uh, it's on Disney XD as well. So then I realized, mm-hmm. oh, it's available on streaming right away in the morning. Right. So this Sunday, uh, my wife and I got up had, you know, basically mm-hmm. a Sunday morning cartoon adventure. Nice. It was great. It was great. I feel yeah. like Resistance is, is continues to really move toward everything they're promising of. It's really going to hook up to episode nine. Great. And honestly, this was in many ways the episode that felt the most Star Wars to me. Okay. It's got some flying. Yeah. It's got some creatures. It's got some moral quandary. It's great. <laughs> Star Wars <laughs> moral quandary. That's awesome. I cannot wait to check it in. I know uh, Griff Halloran was featured in it. I saw Stephen Sitton tweet out that he finally spoke, so I, I don't know why I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> I I bet, you know forgot. what? Let, let's play a game. Yeah. I bet you might be able to guess the key piece of information that he says. <laughs> uh, there's, is it one line? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Is it fire? <laughs> That's no. close. Okay. That's close. No, okay. There's a little bit more substantive. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that is great. So uh, for those of you out there who are watching Star Wars Resistance, uh, we'll uh, keep diving in when we uh, when time allows and when I remember to watch. But we are going to get to the news right now as we take a look at some stories. That's right. The trailer is the highlight of the week. We understand, like I said up top, pre-tape before the trailer, we had the separate dive-in episode. And also in terms of some of the Mandalorian stuff, our friend, our colleague, our co-host, uh, that uh, Jennifer Landa got uh, the chance to go to the Mandalorian press day. Yeah. Release some great pictures from that. But there's a little bit of an embargo in, uh, in effect. So when it's clear, Jennifer will uh, get back here on the Force Center airwaves, maybe in person, maybe by phone, most likely, and uh, break down what she experienced on that day. But Joseph, just the, the images and the hype was pretty darn good yeah images and hype and i you know i saw some things being tweeted out that i don't know if they were in violation of the embargo yeah. but there was definitely some concrete information that i don't know if we should talk about or not because i don't yeah. know if it's part of the embargo yeah that's uh, i never want to go against embargoes yeah you know? never go against an embargo <laughs> never do it uh, but definitely a lot of stuff lying around and just and just uh, in terms of the reactions briefly it just everyone it, it seemed happy it seemed like, yes, that there was no, like, hmm, really like this part, but got to see where it goes. Every single post I saw seemed to be saying the same thing of, like, it is getting particularly to the heart of yeah. original trilogy mm-hmm. Star Wars vibe and all of the adventures you ever imagined with Bounty Hunter, Bounty <laughs> Hunter toys for those of us who played with right. Bounty Hunter toys. Going to be good. So uh, we know that show's uh, going to be around. In fact, our first story of the day that we're really diving into is the dates of the Mandalorian <laughs> episodes. That's right. This was going around. Dates I did the, uh, the dates of the Mandalorian. I uh, did read our friends at Star Wars News Net, kind of put a bunch of it together. Usually I try to go to the original story to, to get the whole scope. Uh, it just was one of those things that just popped up. And this is what we know. After the Tuesday release on the 12th of November, which is the first Disney Plus day, we are going to get episodes on Friday. Mm. Friday, Friday, getting Mando <laughs> on Friday. The dates actually are the 12th to start, 15th, 22nd, November 29th, December 6th, December 13th, December 18th, and December 27th. So we know that. This has been, you know, we knew a while for a while now it wasn't going to be the binge. It wasn't going to be the dump them all one uh, weekend, which we were all, I think, general pretty happy. Yeah. Not that we wouldn't have binged them all if that was the option. 
Uh, but we're, what's the most interesting thing, Joseph? And I, you have pulled out your calendar, <laughs> which is great because we got some national holidays here in America that are kind of dotting the uh, the, the landscape. Here. Yeah, there, there's some turkey. There's some Santa time. There's a lot. There's some uh, this little holiday in Star Wars land called the final <laughs> movie in the Skywalker saga. That's the biggest holiday in the middle of all of them. I mean, it, I kind of I laughed just because I hadn't really uh, thought of it. It's dates of the Mandalorian <laughs> episodes. Uh, but this really is like the Mandalorian's got his calendar out it's like oh, well when can i see you like i got i got some things on my calendar i need to avoid like a business meeting here yeah this is, it's fascinating um i was really wondering about mm. if they when they announced that it was weekly if they would be launching on tuesday so it was weekly on tuesday and i was like eh, okay right but friday is perfect for yeah. just uh for social media right for modern water cooler right let's get as much discussion as possible come back from the weekend Check right. in. Yep. Get the yep. coffee in the break room. You know, it, the actual like world news sometimes, yeah. not always, but yeah. especially in America, sometimes slows down a little bit right. on Saturday and Sunday. Right. So right. if you got a bunch of people watching it on Friday and then everybody discussing it online Saturday and Sunday, That's you good. got a lot going on. Yeah. You got Black Friday, right? Yes. When people really have <laughs> time off. Yeah. Which to, by the time you're getting kind of closer to the end to really... Yeah. have that discussion time go crazy. Yeah, that is the worst day in the history of the world. But, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> Speaking as a former mall security person. Yep. Uh, um, but I'm, I'm going to be home watching this. And uh, I like the Friday time. I, I, I really do. I think you're, I think you're right. You, you can't compete with uh, Sunday programming on HBO, even though this is a diff, totally different thing. Right. I think you have to be aware of that. And they probably did some research. Uncle Bob and his team uh, just finished Uncle Bob's book. I know they got a lot of research there, <laughs> though he did get rid of strat planning, uh, strategy planning. He cut he cut that. Really? 64 employees to 15 was like, I want my employees to make their decisions, not some, some group get together and tell them okay, what to do. Okay, so he is trusting <laughs> the will of the employees. He is. Uh, so uh, I'm sure they came up with this. But the big, yeah, the big thing, Joseph, of this goes past uh, episode nine. It goes past episode nine and it dances around it in a really interesting way, right? Mm-hmm. Because let's see where, where, so uh, Rise of Skywalker technically out on the 20th, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, actually on, on Thursday the 19th. Uh, so then it's, it jumps back to Wednesday of that week, right? December 18th. Yeah. This oh, is why I have wait. my calendar out so I don't lose my mind. You're right. So basically, it's it You're comes right. up, the Mandal the second to last the penultimate <laughs> episode of the Mandalorian comes out Wednesday then Rise of Skywalker on Thursday and then That's waits great. for uh, it does wait Christmas and Boxing Day to happen <laughs> then Friday again back to its regularly That's scheduled right. time for the final episode go so, watch your uh, copies of Magical Mystery Tour on Boxing yeah. Day yeah okay that I really I'm glad you brought your calendar out because this is really we really are getting into the dates of the Mandalorian right. and this is really That's about smart. like yeah. how how can we let people talk about this without getting in the way of other conversations right because yeah. you if <laughs> Technically, Rise of Skywalker comes out on the 20th, right? But, right. but hardcore fans, we all see it on Thursday, and right. then usually again on Friday. If Mandalorian just dropped that day too, right? It, it would not have, it would yeah. not be a part of the social media conversation. Yeah. So bumping it back to Wednesday. That's great. Getting it really, imagine the our, the fervor, right? Yeah. The next day, we're all going to see Rise of Skywalker, but it's the second to last episode. We'll be in the, line. Right. That, and that's like, the second to last episode is a lot of the debate. Yeah. Uh, how is this all going to end? 
That's right? usually that's a conversation starter. That's that Game of Thrones episode nine tradition they had early yeah. on. Yeah, you know, yeah. Where that's a big thing. That's great. I think that's great. You'll be in line waiting to get some candy, talking Mandalorian with right. people about to see Rise of Skywalker, as we've always said, but we'll bring back for sure. What a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah. That's insane to yeah. think. I mean, the, the interesting thing to me about this is they could have tried to bunch it up and just get it done before Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. or they could have said, hey, the first four episodes then we're taking a two-week break. Right. You know, it would have made sense. Yeah. So it seems to me that they're trying to really make this like, hey, Mm -hmm. if you love all Star Wars, if you're down for Mandalorian, down for Rise of Skywalker, we'll kind of make it work so you're not too, there's not too much going on, you know, right on top of each other. This is great. Or, hey, if you just get Disney Plus, you're not big on the sequels, but maybe you're going to be pulled back in by... But the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. we're going to keep it flowing for you. It's going to flow. So it doesn't take a break for a movie that you're not interested in. Right. I, I'm i really excited, man, because go, I'm going back to 2012, 2014, and then even 2015, even when Force Awakens hits. This the fact the fact that you'll be saying oh in the, the episode nine you'll be talking about a live action TV show that's on Disney Plus yeah you'll be like what world are we living in now <laughs> even even as late as 2015 when there yeah. was maybe some hubbub about streaming coming for Disney this is this is great I think we're gonna get this question so I'm gonna throw it out to you yeah so given that the second to last episode of Mandalorian is is coming right before Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. do you think there's any relationship do you think there's any little fun even easter egg that's been going to have been brought up in Mandalorian that could show its its face in Rise of Skywalker. I'm not talking about big plot yeah, turns yeah. out the Mandalorian is raised dad. Yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just a ship in the background, a right. a person that we meet a little younger in the Mandalorian we happen to see in the background or get called over the intercom, that kind yeah. of thing. I'm going to say no, despite my rampant excitement for Star Wars this week with the trailer and everything, I'm going to say no. Yeah, you just don't think there's that level think. of coordination? Yeah. 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 I agree. I think... <laughs> I was just thinking, we haven't seen the trailer. The trailer's going to start with Pedro Pascal going, <laughs> right. hello, Ray, I'm the Mandalorian. <laughs> I'm the Dadalorian. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think that there is always... The story group, I think, is so... Mm. smart about these nods. I'm saying that as I'm watching the axe from Solo, looking at yes, the axe right. from Solo and this action figure from Rise of Skywalker, but I don't think it's anything major because I think they want to let the Mandalorian be its own beast up to a point. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I like those little, th- I like the flavors. I like the flavors, yeah. but I think I think it's just a weird timing because they could have, you know, Disney Plus, remember Disney Plus was going to be a little earlier? Wasn't yeah. there an October release date at one oh, point? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, but it's yeah. fun. Gosh, this what a fun time. And Joseph, we're going to get this question. Should we address it right now? Sure. About our programming? Yes, absolutely. I'm we excited. We are uh, planning currently to do a separate Mandalorian review show during the time here on Force Center. This will be a chance for Joseph and I to take a deep dive. And uh, we should say Jennifer, if available, we know she's still, uh, you know, uh, not we're not rushing her back. And she's going to come back uh, in studio when she can. But uh, we're going to separate uh, our review of that and really take a, take our time with that. Yeah, because I think if we rolled it into the main show, the main show would be three hours long. So it would be great to be able to really yeah. take our time diving into each episode of yeah. Mandalorian. And then because there is so much going on in the Star Wars world, yeah. you know, just all of the new ideas coming from 
Rise of Skywalker. Who knows what else is going to be announced? That'll leave us plenty of room to talk about all the other exciting stuff going on in Star Wars yeah. uh, on the main show. So look for that soon. And I guess the next big question is, do these episodes come out at midnight? <laughs> and will, will we be recording these episodes uh, at midnight or Friday morning? Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll the future that. is in motion on that one. It is and is. Uh, so from The Mandalorian, we go to the other, you know, big event coming up here for Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. And we have Daisy Ridley in Entertainment Weekly talking Raylos. Uh-oh, you say that <laughs> phrase, problems can spring. Uh, but we have two big quotes we're focusing on here in this story. Um, this is uh, Daisy Ridley saying, uh, It does not bother me, people writing theories. It's really fun hearing them. Plus, because I know what's sort of going to happen, I think it'll be really interesting to see people's reaction to the final film. Obviously, there's the whole Raylo thing, and some people are very passionate about it. Some aren't. She goes on to say, J.J. does deal with it. It's a very complex issue. People talk about toxic relationships and whatever it is. It's no joke, and I think it's dealt with really well because it's not skimmed over. There's I, there's a lot in those two quotes. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, and I think this was uh, a uh, red carpet type right. interview, right? It's pretty meaty for red carpet. I think it's meaty and incredibly well handled mm-hmm. uh, on yeah. Daisy Ridley's part. Yeah. In acknowledging that, hey, of course fan fiction have fun whatever but yeah but it is actually it's it's a part of the movie and it's you know a topic that deserves respect because mm-hmm. it has real world implications so yeah it, look, look forward to more like that's a great answer absolutely perfect uh, allows 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 for that room i think we've always kind of said here it makes some sort of sense that if you watch the force awakens even last jedi that there's some kind of connection between them and it could be romantic uh and uh, it's from a certain point of view has always been a possibility for me not something i personally subscribe to yeah yeah to me the Raylo conversation i know it has got intense in some quarters of yeah. the internet but i kind of took this step back it's like this is at this point we're just talking about kind of uh, sexual romance because yeah. Raylo isn't a theory. Yeah. They are intimately connected, right? Yeah. They've been inside one another's mind. So it's, to me at this point, mm-hmm. uh, my, my take is Raylo is a thing. Yeah. It's just what kind of thing is it going to be, kind of right? That's a great uh, take on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there, yeah, if you're going like, I, I don't want Raylo to happen. It's like, I think it's too late. A, a brand of Raylo has happened. They are intimately <laughs> connected what is your Raylo brand <laughs> but I, that's that's what i love about this second part of her quote is jj does deal with it it's a very complex issue it's no joke i think it's dealt with really well because it's not skimmed over this isn't a you know they're having a raspberry milkshake at a, a, a dexter jr's diner this is understanding she talks about toxic relationships a lot of the problems a lot of the you know i'm in the camp of i want if i want uh, to see you know ray in a, in a romantic relationship i'm hoping for better than troubled ben <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, so I like that she's saying that and that they've done it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I would be open to them to, to some like question of like, is that what this could become or is there a physical romantic attraction there? But right. I think given what the storytelling of Star Wars has always been and what it's going to probably be for mm-hmm. concluding the Skywalker chapter, yeah. there all are all these delicate balances to consider of, right. you know, what does it say if Ray's like, you know, the only way to defeat the ultimate evil is for me to save you. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, should that level of forgiveness be quickly given yeah. to, you know, somebody who's done his awful things of Kylo. So yeah. it, it leads me towards really good thinking that like Ray gets, might get to a place where saying like, Hey Ben, yeah. I want you to turn back. I mm-hmm. can't do that for you. I right. can't save you. 
if you would like to correct yourself, <laughs> right? I'm over here waiting <clears throat> to yeah. go on the journey with you. If, if that could be done and said in a really dramatic, <laughs> dramatic, dramatic, that came, that came out extra dramatic in a in a good dramatic flowing way of of Ray really yeah. having the like I do care about you. But this isn't about me. It's about you. I can. I can't save you. Only you can save yourself. I'm here waiting. Really like that. I really like that take. Of of, uh, this is your choice. This Star Wars is about these moral choices, right? Right. I, you've got to do this. Otherwise, I may strike you down too. You know, right. maybe I don't know if it's that. You know, if it's over a fight, it's uh, you know, I will do what I have to do. But I wish you would choose another way. Right. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. No predictions yet. No predictions yet. We, we, <laughs> at the time of recording, we haven't seen that trailer. We haven't we'll seen see. the trailer yet. And also, uh, we'll be diving in as we lead up to episode nine. We've got a list of uh, topics, main topics and shows we're kicking around. And, and Raylo's on that list. Yeah, we want to take a look. Yeah, we've talked about it in the past, but I think it's, it'd be really fun mm-hmm. to dive in all the way. All the way. All the way. All the way to Raylo Town. (laughs) And we've got uh, JJ Quotes. JJ Quotes, that's right. In another Entertainment Weekly story, JJ Abrams talks of a, quote, cohesive ending to nine films. JJ says this, excuse me while I read, this is about bringing this thing to a close in a way that is emotional and meaningful and also satisfying in terms of actually answering as many questions as possible. Uh, This is in their November issue. So if years from now, someone's watching these movies, all nine of them, they're watching a story that is as cohesive as possible. He goes on to say that there uh, were many things that were planned for and discussed. George Lucas himself said when he created created this, he saw it as three, three act plays. This, of course, going back to the beginning. That doesn't mean there isn't discovery. That doesn't mean there aren't things to come up that make you realize, oh, here's an opportunity. Uh, adds Abrams. It also doesn't mean that there's a list of payoffs that we have to do because of setups. But we also were very much aware this is the end of the trilogy and it needs to be satisfied. We went into this the thing knowing it has to be an ending. We're not <laughs> screwing around. And that's a quote that's been making the rounds. <laughs> Joseph, that's a lot. Uh, I, I had a read there, but yeah. there's some key stuff here I want to dive in. This doesn't mean there's a list of payoffs. Mm-hmm. Still room for discovery. I love what he's saying here in these two things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, the, there's still room for discovery is talking about the heart of Star Wars. Yeah. Lucas talks often about plans and, you know, structure and all that. But then he obviously, he changed his mind as he went along the way. Yeah. He discovered things that he wanted to play with. And that is, to me, gets into this great Star Wars theme of the flowing and organic versus the, the rigid and controlled. <laughs> totally. yeah. You know, So for Abrams to get into it and go, oh, yeah, I'm heading in this direction, but I didn't, ah, there's a path over there that I could explore that will rejoin mm-hmm. with the main branch. That's great. Yeah. And then the the um, closing, uh, the what was the other part of that? The, uh, uh, the Doesn't mean there's a list of doesn't payoffs. Doesn't mean there's a list of payoffs. And I think that's, very, very important for some people to hear, and they might not hear it. Uh, this this also goes back to Last Jedi. You're holding this wonderful Knight of Run figure. That's one of those list right. of pay up. It was set up. He threw it away. All right. I could see you wanting uh, Knights of Ren in Last Jedi. I could totally see it. But again, the story didn't go that way, but now we know they're back in. Anyways, point being, none of us should go in with a little post-it note of, 
better get this, better get this, better get this. Right. Well, I mean, you, you can, but then I think if you're watching you it with that frame, it's not as enjoyable of an experience. Especially like just, Ray, I want you to choose a <laughs> lighter pad. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's just, it is the nature of Star Wars. It's yeah. always been tip of the iceberg storytelling, mm-hmm. as I call it, where it leaves a lot to your imagination. And the nature of it is sometimes it gets fleshed out in books, in comic books. And, you know, every fan gets it aside. Like, oh, was that too much to leave off the screen? But that, that's if we don't mm-hmm. learn enough about Night of Ren, I look forward to decades of night, right. Nights of Ren storytelling. With great figures attached to it. Yeah, I, I'm excited. And, and it's so, so funny, this is kind of coming back up again of, of a cohesive ending to nine films. Because remember, all those months and now even years ago, this phantom J.J. quote of, we're going to you know tie, tie all these movies together and... Uh, it was one of those things where I don't necessarily know you could find the exact quote. It just kind of floated around there. Maybe you just said some version of it there. I, and, we, and I still even kind of downplay. I don't think we're going to get, you know, for anyone needing this Sifo-Dyas answer who missed the Clone Wars, he's yeah. not going to pop up, all that kind of stuff. But I love what he's saying about years later, when you're sitting down to watch all nine of these films, we, we want to have some kind of through line. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's clear to me in the the prequels in the original trilogy mm-hmm. that uh, Anakin's, how Anakin struggles with attachment and makes bad choices because of it is, mm-hmm. you know, greatly enriches the story of how Luke finds power in attachment. Yeah. And I think it's going to be those big thematic yes. things that are going to feel like we're watching the same story uh, that's all connected and plays out with these specific ideas. Absolutely. The big question to me, and, and I think we're going to do an episode on this as well, mm-hmm. is what are the big themes yeah. of the of all the movies up to this point in which ones did mm-hmm. spoke to Abrams which yes. one did Abrams take away and go these are I think the essential mm-hmm. ideas questions themes of the Skywalker saga and yeah. though therefore those are the ones that I really want to dig into and unearth yeah. and conclude yeah yeah that's important that's an important question because I think you can see some of the ones that Ryan connected with and yeah. put into his personal story of Star Wars uh, which is what we've uh, you know heard Kathleen Kennedy talk about and, and him that's what you got to do with these, uh, these it's Star Wars but you have to make it your own what is Chris Terrio even and I love a lot of the quotes and stuff that's coming out about Terrio yeah about, about, about he connected and, and you know take your Justice League uh, jokes out and throw them away right he, he did the Justice League right uh, he was one of the one of many, the many authors who worked on on the yeah. the large hot dish that is <laughs> yes. Justice League, so. and I've I've heard it again. I've heard someone else, uh, some other people talking about. Well, you know, he wrote uh, you, number one. That's how that's how Hollywood movies sometimes get made. Thirty three yes. writers in a in a in a you know a conveyor belt of, of job uh, writing jobs. Uh, and but this is an Argo guy. This is a, he's I, he knows what he's doing. There's a reason that Chris uh, yeah. that JJ Abrams you know texted him right away and said, "Hey, I decided to do this. Will you, will you do this with me? I think that'll be interesting." Excited. The uh, we're not screwing around. Yes. Let's, yeah. Yeah. So here here's was what struck me mm-hmm. is all those interviews with. George Lucas talking about how much he had to pare down Revenge of the Sith that he had imagined for years that seven battles on seven planets is how the movie would open up that he wanted to tell so much more about Boba Fett and Jango and all that and wanted to get into exactly how Qui-Gon was unlocking the Mm. secrets of eternal life and even had multiple kind of motivations all built into the one made of motivation for Anakin, but had to go in and re-edit and go, no, 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 yeah. no. So just make it about that attachment to Padme and the manipulation there. And all of that mm-hmm. is because he had some fun, yeah. right? In the other two movies. Right. And then 
you couldn't be playing around anymore, right? Yeah. So that's that's the feeling and excitement I get for Rise of Skywalker, and even some of the shots we've seen of like huge armadas of ships, you yeah. know, and like it's. I think it's just going to be like we're we're just telling the story. Yeah. There's no no fluff on the side. There's no room for anything but the story. The story, indeed. Oh man. I just love being a Star Wars fan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't have a lot of insight this episode. I'm just giddy. I woke up giddy. I woke up happy today. Uh, final story we're going to take a look at here right now is uh, Tony Gilroy joins the Cassian Andor series. This kind of came before some of the uh, hubbub of this past week or so. So much so that I forgot it happened in this time period. Uh, Gilroy is allegedly writing the pilot and directing several episodes. Stephen Schiff, of course, still showrunning. Besides Rogue Run, uh, Refutes, uh, writing, directing, allegedly. Gilroy's other screenwriting uh, excuse me, screenwriting credits include the Jason Bourne film franchise, as well as films like Michael Clayton, The Devil's Advocate, oh wow, Delor- and Dolores Claiborne. <laughs> and uh, he also directed Michael Clayton, for which he earned Oscar nominations for both, uh, both uh, original screenplay and best director. Gilroy also directed 2012's The Bourne Legacy. Uh, yeah, he's he when he was brought on for Rogue One, that's uh, he had a pedigree, you know, yeah. you know when, he, when he showed up. So it made sense. And this, I, I, I'm, I don't know why I'm surprised, but yeah. I'm also comforted by this. Where do you, where does your mind go with this? Justin? Yeah, I, I think I'm not surprised. Um, there is, uh, I, it seems like we don't know everything that happened behind Rogue yeah. One. We've got lots of, lots of articles. Gilroy himself has, has said some things, but it seemed like he really did have a hand in shaping the movie as it finally turned out, yeah. which is, I think, largely fans really like Rogue One. I don't hear much negativity yeah. about Rogue One. Um, and it makes sense to me that somebody like him would come in because he might just have a real relationship mm-hmm. with Cassian, yeah. with the character of Cassian. Mm-hmm. Who you know? Who knows if this was even a thing coming from Diego Luna himself. Yeah. Like, right. he really felt like, hey, during the Gilroy rewrites and reshoots, that's where I really dug in and really found the character, and I feel like he knows him. Mm. I would like him on board. Uh, yeah. The other thing that strikes me uh, digging through resumes, uh, Stephen Schiff, a writer, producer on The Americans, mm. lots of other great credits. But I wonder for uh, shooting something, planning and shooting something as complex as a Star Wars television show with all of the moving parts. Mm. I wonder if somebody with a little bit more directorial experience mm. was important to add to the team. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it, it all makes sense. And when I say I was surprised, just you know, with the shows, Deborah Chow, Obi Wan, a lot of the the newer names in in Star in terms of Star Wars showing up in in Mandalorian, I just was expecting it to be announced. It was some you know, hey, this person's done some TV episodes, and uh, and Gilroy, it makes a lot of sense. And there's again, there's, this is kind of a heavyweight. And and looking at uh, you know, I think it's great to look at the resume. Look at the Bourne stuff. Yeah. And if it's that kind of series, looking at Rogue One, and yeah, I know he, I can hear the comments already. He he doesn't like Star Wars. He you know had those interviews of I don't know. I killed off the characters. I don't care about this stuff. <laughs> I, I, I gotta tell you, I don't I don't care because I really like the results. Yeah, if if he doesn't, if he has a any sort of attitude of like I'm not a fan, uh, and I think by I'm not a fan means I'm not going out to Barnes and Noble looking for Night of Rent, right? right? He might appreciate the films, right? But obviously for him to do the work that he did on Rogue yeah. One, he cares about these characters. He cares about this story. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what's most important because you have the story group there. You have yeah. other people there to go, oh, let's make sure that all of the 
mm-hmm. you know, little details tie up. It's important to me that somebody like uh, like Stephen Schiff and Tony Gilroy, who have both told great stories about desperate, emotionally yeah. conflicted people mm-hmm. trapped in worlds of espionage and violence trying to find their way through. That's the through line. And yeah. that, to me, is like... If those creators understand that world, then we have the potential to get a Star Wars story that we have never seen. It's only been hinted at by Cassian's moral ambiguity in Rogue One and wrestling with it. And to get to just really sink into that and get those moments of just Mm -hmm. horrible, uh, you know, emotional and actual espionage danger tension weeks at a time. Great. I love that. And I'm um, the only th- pause I have right now when I when I saw this again going to him, his his eye. I'm not a fan. Is I really want you know Saga Rera or Jin or so or well Jin probably not so much. Take that back. But Infus Nest or you know some of these around that time period type of characters. I'd love them in uh, in, in 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 this story. I don't think Tony Gil- Gilroy is going to be like ah, what's that uh, bird looking outfit wearing character from Solo? Infus <laughs> Nest put her in. I don't, but the story group might. Yeah. Stephen Schiff might. Uh, and I don't need Gilroy to be concerned about who. I just the what is is what's more important right now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's our look at the Star Wars news of the week, not counting the trailer, not counting Mandalorian reviews, of course, and we are going to have a lot more to talk about and news-wise in the next few weeks. Oh, boy. Before we get on to our questions, our big episode built around your questions, we're going to have our Force Center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us, Joseph. That is right. We are recommending Alphabet Squadron by Alexander Freed. We read it recently. We enjoyed it, and we've been getting some good feedback on our reviews. So we suggest you listen and then dive in with that review. Absolutely. Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audio book. And now it's to the rise of the questions. That is right. Joseph, we love doing this from time to time. We always take questions every episode, but there's sometimes so many of them. And we decided with the way the week was shaping up and a lot of the focus on the trailer, we wanted to focus on the fans for this episode. And and here we go with a lot of great questions. Yeah. Thank you, uh, everybody, for sending in so many great questions. We've got uh, five from Patreon and we have five that we got specifically on Twitter. Uh, We'll get more on Facebook as well. And we'll always be asking for more because people send us great ones. So let's dive in. The first one is from Joshua Thorne. Uh, Again, this came from our Patreon. Joshua says, was Krennic sincere in his offer of letting the Ursos continue to live together as a family if Galen would have worked for the Empire? If so, do you think they should have accepted his Mm -hmm. offer to stay together even if it would have been in a false reality. It's a great lead-off question. Yeah, yeah. Juicy, juicy questions. We got some juicy ones. We got some silly ones. So silly, they're they're juicy. But let's talk <laughs> about this one. So what is your initial reaction? Because this is the, the mm-hmm. tension of the opening scene, really, of right. Rogue One, of like, I'm not just coming for you, Galen. I'm coming for all of you. <sighs> I, Orson Callan Krennic, man, is a great character. I, I really love love him in the supplemental material. Catalyst yeah. is great. And I go to Catalyst and look at this. I think there was some admiration for Galen. And I think there are also definitely, from Krennic's point of view, a need for Galen. Oh, yes. So sure. maybe there's some truth to it. I wouldn't have trusted him. And may I also wouldn't have trusted anyone above him. Right. There, there's the definitely the approach of like, that's what Krennic means. Yes. Until somebody comes along and goes, nah, we're Not changing so the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Pray I don't alter it any further. So I think there could have been some of that. But I think 
at this point. So five years prior, maybe they meet up. Maybe it's before a lot of this. They run off to Lamu. Maybe Krennic is true and Galen goes, all right. But this the bigger issue is, especially at this point in time, this was a stand that Galen needed to take. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, well, I, I think what's really interesting to me is that, to me, this is about the stand that Lyra takes. And this is one yep. of the um, subtleties, nuances, themes of Rogue One that I really enjoy. Is there's a lot of stuff in Catalyst about how she's trying to make this work, mm-hmm. you know, and she's not sure about some stuff that's going on, right? Right. And then it gets to a point of no return. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of what Rogue One is about. What is the point of no return? What is the point where... Yep, the Empire's flag is flying above the galaxy, but it's no problem if you don't look up, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where Lyra needed to be Mm -hmm. for them to go with with Krennic. Because, yeah, yeah, probably Krennic probably meant, hey, I'll try to just give you a nice life while while we force your husband, while we enslave your husband Mm -hmm. to build a death machine using the crystals that you, Lyra, find holy. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to, you know, torture them and make your husband do it. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. While we're doing all of these things that are unspeakable and awful to you, we're going to put you up in a nice apartment. <laughs> yeah, and for Lyra, right away at the beginning of the movie, yeah. she knows this This is the point of no return for me. Yeah. I won't go along with this false reality. I won't go along with this lie. And it's really powerful because Jin's been avoiding this battle her whole life. Yeah, And she gets to the point at the end where it's like, this yeah. is a point of no return. I can't. Can't go I can't let this go the way it is. Let, let's, you know, uh, Joshua has a great turn of phrase, false reality. Yeah. Let's erase the false realities. It's not a nice apartment. <laughs> I'm your, I'm your servant. Yeah. I'm in my husband is literally enslaved to you. Who knows what you'll do to me and my daughter. Doesn't matter if you put a nice face on it. If we're in the greatest penthouse on Coruscant or yeah. wherever you put us, it's a lie. The empire is evil and no more, no, more. you know? Yeah. So, in terms of a story, yeah. I think it's great. Yes. Lyra starts out strong. Jin finds that strength to yeah. say no more. On a practical level, if yeah. I were in this situation, <laughs> I don't know if I would be as uh, morally strong as Lyra, right? <laughs> it's a rea- it's, that's a reality. Yeah. You, do you want to live to fight another day or right. is there a point where like, no, I yeah. won't. Uh, it's not worth being. Yeah. It's not worth being alive to be in this that's position. Yeah, yeah, that's the big questions. Yeah. Star Wars deals with these big questions. Yeah, uh, I, I I love it. Yeah, it's, again, that's why I go. It, it definitely at this point, when you're hiding and you're running away, something has made you even do that. Right. Uh, again, Catalyst. I I I think Catalyst is due for a reread in my mind, yeah. just to like enjoy it even more, having more context. A lot of things going around. You know, along along the way, uh, you know, Krennic. I don't think I want to say he's ever been good to them, but he's always been a little bit of a wily dude, but, uh, it, it grows. So this is the right time. This is the, like you said, I love this idea. The false reality. Boom. You're out. Yep. Done. Nope. nope. I'm, I'm calling it what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it also speaks to the power of, of Lyra and the influence on Jin, which, uh, we, we only got a few seconds to see that. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the much larger question of, were we in that real life position? Would we, Try to bear it in order to live to fight another day. Let me see that. Uh, let me see that penthouse. Yeah. <laughs> let me see that penthouse. That's the quote <laughs> of the episode from Ken Napsack. Great question, Joshua. We move on to a question from Shirley Rocks. 
all one word. So, man, I don't know if that's an awesome nickname. I don't know if that's I, a, a two-word name. It is. Uh, uh, Shirley Rocks is uh, in my Twitch chat room. Oh, lot. wonderful. That is a homage to Shirley Manson of Garbage. Oh, yes. Shirley does rock. Yes. I love Garbage. All right. Uh, Shirley Rocks says... Near the end of Return of the Jedi, Luke asks Darth Vader to join him, but Vader refuses Luke's request because he must obey his master. For years, I casually assumed Vader was referring to the Emperor here, but as we all know, Vader has also asked both Padme and Luke to join him in destroying the Emperor, which seemingly contradicts his response to Luke in Return of the Jedi. Could you help me reconcile this? Could Anakin be referring to the dark side of the Force and not the Emperor as the master he must obey? Mm. Mm. Juice. What you're thinking, Ken? <laughs> I, I, look, I grew up always thinking that's the emperor, and I think it is the emperor in that moment there. Uh, as, as uh, yeah, he's asked he's asked Luke to join him, destroying the emperor. Padme, we know, and extended canon, modern canon has done a great job of really looking into the complicated working relationship <laughs> with Vader and Palpatine. There's there's. It could just be him in the mind. I, it could be in this moment. He he feels like there's a crack in his his heart and his will and he almost has to remind himself oh uh, oh yeah emperor's my master uh, i you know uh, he's being presented with turn turn and then he uh, oh yes that's kind of hard i got a boss i can't get the time <laughs> off i think it's it's a you know a little bit of excuse he's trying to force down his own throat in, uh, in this yeah. mind, if that makes sense <clears throat> yeah i think that i think that makes sense a little bit uh yeah. because obviously he he doesn't have to obey his master, whether yeah. it is the emperor or the force, because the dark side of the force, because he makes a different choice yeah. uh, at the end of Return of the Jedi. So he is lying to himself on some level. Mm. I think that there, to me, there's there's a fun and interesting reading of it in that the emperor is the epitome. He is the avatar of the dark side of the force. He mm-hmm. is the most purely evil character yeah. in Star Wars who fully, fully uh, embraces all of the teachings of the dark side. So there's a part of me that uh, I think what's really, really great about the comic where Vader is building his castle on Mustafar mm-hmm. and playing with those ideas of, ooh, can I use the dark side to go get Padme? Right. And spoilers, if you haven't read this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically the dark side kind of slaps him down. And I think we're getting to that point where he's learning like, oh, well, here's what Palpatine maybe told me about the dark side. But the truth is mm-hmm. I my hate makes me strong. Yeah. And I fear to lose my power. So if I let go of my hate even a little bit, will I lose my power? And it's this horrible circle of fear and hate. And then you're mad at yourself for thinking that you would, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I think that Vader is, is clear, a clear philosopher of the dark side at this point. And it has that like Lord of the Sith. No, 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 no. You don't understand, son. If I let go of my hate, I don't have power anymore. And I need power. Yeah. That's the only thing that keeps me. Yeah. going that's the only thing that keeps me even alive in in a larger metaphorical sense so mm-hmm. there's like that to me just really interesting understanding of the dark side of the force from vader's perspective like that's a possible reading yeah you know the clip that's going around of george lucas at the clone wars writing meeting that's been available actually for years of just him explaining you know the 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 way the dark side works and what you're what you're trying to give up and it's just uh, it's joyless it's joyless and this is a very joyless Vader at this time <laughs> but he wants that power he's obsessed he can't lose it yeah but I do like that yeah again this is different than him asking Luke this is Luke ask, asking him that makes him makes some sense yeah right yeah I also think that there is room for some of this storytelling and given that we are getting this story right between mm-hmm. uh, Empire and Return of the Jedi right. 
from the same writer who wrote that Darth Vader. Yes, Charles Soule, yes. Charles Soule. I do think there's something really interesting to Shirley Rock's question of the standard path for a Sith apprentice is it is expected that I manipulate and kill my master. Mm -hmm. And I think when we see him offer Padme and Luke that, I think he's still kind of almost in that Sith apprentice, like Mm -hmm. more, 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 I'll take it. There's nothing sincere, honest about it, right? There's nothing like, hey, Padme, hey, son, I really mean what I say. Yeah. I'm just going to kill the master. Just, just going to kill uh, Darth Sidious, and then I'm going to turn back to the light. No, no more, more killing, no more possessing, no more greed. You know, every time he's offered that, it's in yeah. bad Sith faith. Yeah. And I wonder if oh, another fun way to look at this scene is Vader is aware of, like, maybe something's happened where he's not feeling the confidence that he, right. or he can take Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And he's feeling like, son, I got... Yeah. I got nothing to offer you because he seems to have backed down from the standard Sith approach in Return yeah. of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like he was de- that's definitely what he's doing in Empire of like, join me and together we'll destroy yep. Uh, yep. Sidious. But that something seems to have softened or weakened or broken a little bit in Vader's resolve. And it's as great like you can just watch the movie and you yeah. can decide for yourself. Or we got this comic book coming that might play with those ideas of what happened to make him a little bit more under... Yeah. Sidious's thumb and not willing to try that Sith maneuver. Is yeah. it that he doesn't want to lie to Luke? Right. You know? Oh yeah. In that moment or just, yeah. you know, he just wants to go along with just what well, he it's, this is the only way I can protect you is to break you. It's yeah. It's too late for me. My son also floats through my brain. Yeah. Too. I like this Vader with a little shattered confidence in this moment. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and what's happened in this year. We'll see Charles sold writing that. If you know, side note, if you know, Kevin Scott has uh, been uh, wrote the Dooku novel, been tweeting out, uh, he's been reading the Darth Bane novels. Oh, no, I he did not. keeps mentioning it. <laughs> I did not keep we, my finger on the pulse of that yeah, tweet. We so. see you, Kevin we'll see. Scott. We uh, see you. Great question, Shirley Rocks. Move on to Eric Gaudet. Uh, I hope that I am saying your name correctly, and I mm-hmm. apologize if I am not. Eric says, I've been going back and forth on how they handled Luke in The Last Jedi, and honestly, I agree with what Johnson decided on. I feel if Ray showed up and Luke was like, where have you been? Let's start training. And they started doing a Rocky-style training montage with Eye of the Tiger playing. That would have been way too easy. I like how Ray had to convince him. Real life is uh, more like that. Do you agree? <laughs> Eric, this is great. Yeah. You know what, you know what I, draw, I draw first here, Joseph? Sorry, I, I'm jumping ahead of you. No, no, that's but fine. The, uh, I've been going back and forth and I think it's powerful and inspirational to hear a Star Wars fan going, there's something presented to me that I wasn't sure about and I've still molded over in my brain. This is where he comes down on it and it's on, we, we, you and I agree with him on this. We love Last Jedi in this moment, but you know, if he didn't, if he, if if he took the time I, I love that when fans can, yeah. we don't rush out to get four out of five stars right away to something every time. Yeah. And, and, uh, exactly what Eric is, uh, is working through of going like, okay, well, if I wasn't sure about this choice, what would the really o- opposite end yes. side of the choice be even, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, Eric, Eric's having a good sense of humor, but like, yeah. yeah, if it really was like, I came to this Island for a secret reason, I've got, you know, the, <laughs> the light side power crystal, let's yeah. get going. Like, Looking at what what's the other choice? If if you wanted and still wanted wanted to see Luke literally pick up his lightsaber, ignite the green, and, and go in and literally kick ass alongside Ray, I understand that if that's where you wanted to go. I just no matter where wherever point A was, point A had to begin with him going no. 
Yeah. It had to. It had to get to the other, the ending that it got to or the ending that you might want if you're listening. It, it, it could not have been. And, I, you know, it, it just could not have been any other way in my mind with what Ryan was presented. He cut himself off the force. All these things we've heard yeah. before. Han dies. He doesn't come to save him. All these that lightsaber and Ray show up. Yeah, this it 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 needed to go this way. Yeah, and I, and I think that's where I I had to come to that that first couple of viewings. Yeah, and I, I mean I really really loved Luke's story, particularly the end of it. Uh, from my first viewing of Last Jedi, but I've also like played with in my mind, like, okay, well, what if this happened a little differently? What right. if that happened a little differently? I think that's honestly part of the joy yeah. of watching uh, Star Wars because it does have an element of you know myth and even like Shakespearean tragedy where. Mm. The, oh, this is the pull. We want the character. We want Hamlet to yeah. make a quick decision and act decisively, you know, and do the right thing, whatever that is. And, and mm-hmm. that's part of the joy of and kind yeah. of wanting the character to do sometimes things that they aren't ready to do yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think working through it is is great. And I understand that there are fans who have differences who, who do listen. I understand that some of it is the, the sense of humor mm-hmm. that Luke has. Some of it is right. the, you and I are both on board. We are huge uber fans of grumpy middle-aged men, yes, right? Yes, yes. But there's some people who don't want to see yeah. a Luke Skywalker who looks like he w- was, you know, out at Denny's till 2 a.m. and he's pissed about the quality of the coffee, right? Like, we find that entertaining and, and like, yes. a great shade of his character. Uh, so I think there are lots of things to, to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. To me, the biggest picture, most important thing about Luke and Last Jedi is it is a story about him trying to find a way to be heroic mm. and do the right thing in a way that doesn't compromise what he has come to believe in. Yeah. And what he has come to believe in is there's a great danger in, in raising your blade and violence to anyone ever. Yeah. And the times that I've done that, I, I feel like maybe I've caused more harm than good. So how can I be a hero? And, and to me, if there are people who are like, he should have been more heroic sooner mm-hmm. or he, mm. or we, it yeah. would have been cool to see him do more big force powers or he should have physically been there on crate. All, all, all those different, different, uh, different things that you can discuss mm-hmm. to me. The most important thing is I think when you break it down, this is a story of Luke Skywalker being a hero yeah, and being a hero in this tremendous, he, he shows an utter mastery of the force, right? Yeah. Beyond anybody's, uh, wildest dreams, but he does it in a way that is entirely true to himself. True to himself, and I think it's a valuable lesson in Ray shows up saying, hey, we need a, a hero, i.e. you, and him going, it's not what it's not me, and it, it starts off in a grumpy spot, but then it has to get to that Obi-Wan spot of Obi-Wan's like, I, you know, I'm done, this, Luke, this is your journey, run, Luke, run. Yeah. Now it's now it's this on, this on the galaxy, and, and for me, and if anyone out there still mulling it over, I, for me, I came down to asking myself, how did I want Luke Skywalker to die? Was it was it cut down by Kylo Ren? Was it was it in an X-wing crashing, or was it sacrificing his entire being for the entire galaxy and keeping true to himself? Yeah, and I was moved by that once I opened myself up to that in that way. I thought thought about it. not even open myself up, but just like, oh, that's what happened. 
Yeah. And that was more powerful and more memorable. And it made that final moment as he vanishes into into the force way more powerful. Peacefully, knowingly going on to his next adventure and and what's, uh, you know, over the next horizon that he's always been staring at. All, all great stuff uh, to me. So the short answer is we agree, Eric. Yes. <laughs> but it's always uh, fun to discuss the nuances of it. Moving on to Tim Van Newland. Tim says, in the Harry Potter books, there is a ghost teacher, Professor Binns. He teaches history. If we ever get a book or comic or TV series about the new generation of Jedi who will be trained by Ray, how would you guys feel about Force Ghosts teaching younglings various <laughs> subjects? <laughs> uh, I, would, I would be interested in exploring it. Yeah. Tim's a great cat. I like this question. It's, it's, it'd be comical if it's done, you know, if we see it in a, yeah. a, a Harry Potter, it works spectacularly. I love that idea. It's not, a, yeah. Qui-Gon giving lessons would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, here's a, yeah. I think for me, uh, I would have to vote not as interested <laughs> in this. Uh, it's one of the things that makes Harry Potter, you know, different from Star Wars. Yes. There is a sense of let's have fun with, all of the kind of magical creatures from the canon of lore. There are wizards, there are werewolves, there are, you know, ghosts who still teach around the school. It's all, it's all very much in that vein. Yeah. And I think, I feel like the force ghosts or the force spirits in Star Wars are much more spiritual. Yeah. And like so far in canon, they have uh, appeared in moments of absolute need. Mm-hmm. Right. When yeah. like, okay, Luke, you've been trying, but you really, you, you almost just got, killed by you know a snow monster in a cave yeah you're out here dying yeah you got to get yourself to Dagobah you got to move on Uh, you feel entirely alone because Yoda's just passed I said some things that were only true from my point of view let's have a talk on the log even Yoda when he you know we have that and then we have lots of examples in canon of a strong force user making an effort a living one making an effort to contact and commune Mm. with right 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 so I love the idea of teaching, but I think it has to be a big moment. I can't, I don't think it can yeah. be like, you know, how to keep your Jedi robes clean 101 by right. Tara Sanube, right? You know, uh, yeah. A, cause it's, they're not all ghosts. It's a whole process, but it, I, I think it just, it has to be that if, if it mm. was like a, a, a class in distress. <laughs> yeah. If it, like, it would be really cool to me if it was like, yeah. yep, Hey, we've got a new, uh, kind of form of Jedi trial, it's communing with your elders. Yeah. Reach out. And like, what is your deepest fear? Yeah. Commune with Yoda and, and see what wisdom he might have for you of how you can get past that. Like if it was that kind of thing, but yeah, like Mm -hmm. big uh, ghost Yoda comes in and waxes canes. (laughs) Students attention. Lessons today. No (laughs) No more Liam, the shades from, uh, from (laughs) ghost Yoda. Just watch, just watching that today. Yeah. Any other thoughts on, no, thoughts on that one? No, right. no. Then we will shall move on. To, this is our final question from Patreon. Then we'll go over to Twitter. This comes from Commander Cloud. Greetings, exalted ones. That's very nice, but mm-hmm. much too exalted. Yeah. Uh, Commander Cloud says, Midi-chlorians communicate the will of the Force. As living things, can it be possible to harvest, cultivate, or mutate them, or even target them in a bioterror attack? Mm-hmm. Could some madman seek to silence the Force by destroying all midi-chlorians? In tarot bang. That's interesting. Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Let's ask George Lucas. <laughs> it's a, uh, but yeah, to think of it, think of it in those terms. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this gets to the heart of what what we feel Star Wars is, right? Yeah. And again, different fans can have different opinions. But that's 
that's so science fiction that's so I, technical, right? I could see Timothy Zahn writing this series. <laughs> right. I can see, uh, especially, you know, back in the day when he had the Yasalamiri, whatever, yeah, however yeah, you yeah, say yeah. that. That's right. Yasalamiri. Yes, uh that had like the the no force bubble, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that to me, oh, when I was young and read those books, I was like, no, not yeah, for I me. I didn't like. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's it connects us all. It's you can't it can't be denied. Yeah, that is my take and my desire for Star bit, Wars. Yeah, I'm a little grumpy about Wadu too, but uh, other than it's a funny little beat. Yeah, I I, I do I. I, I know midichlorians is a term that will probably, I can't expect it coming back. Though, I, I'll tell you, mm-hmm. I, you think I, 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 it could, but it seems like they, they got to have a good way to understand it. It's like George is the only one in my mind that could really take a deep dive into it. Yeah. I did say our, our buddy Hello Greedo did a video about midichlorians, and he, he said something that made sense to me just on a base, simple, direct level about it's like sports. Uh, sometimes you're born to shoot a basketball like no one else, and other times you might learn it. You'll just never necessarily be as good as that person. And many chlorines kind of represent that kind of uh, thinking with the force. Like you know, you can all access it, but Anakin, he just has, he just got, he's got some skills. Right. Yeah. And so it that's doesn't- a- it doesn't change anything. Yeah, that's about, how, I, that's how yeah. I look at midichlorians and to look at it in terms of just the actual things, which, you you know, based on what Qui-Gon's saying, it makes some sense that you could harvest midichlorians. Maybe that's what the Yuzon Vaughn will do. Yeah, I mean, he gets a he gets a blood <laughs> test and then beams it over his ship yeah. razor to a ship. Uh, he, you know, he, and then, he's collecting and them. And can do a count. So, like, yeah, and, and to be fair, that is all very sciencey, but I think yeah. it is all it is all in the spirit of something yeah. very, very spiritual. I think mm-hmm. the, in, I think a lot of times, uh, uh, especially when it came out, uh, fans yeah. who had grown up with the original trilogy kicked back against, hey, don't explain it too much. Yeah, yeah. But I think it, it fits into me in Phantom Menace in those themes of symbiosis. Yeah. Right. And no, no organism is alone. We are all working together in this and they're the ones who let us, feel more connected to the force. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I do think there could be really interesting storytelling in the future with midichlorians with really looking up in that spiritual level. Right. And uh, if we are to believe uh, Palpatine's story at the Galaxy's Opera House, right. he, he's arguing that uh, that Plagueis manipulated them. Right. So I think that's interesting is you could do a Jack Bauer 24 bioterror attack story with the midichlorians, but to me it would still be in that realm of spiritual storytelling, where it's like a Sith or some other dark side user with dark intentions, can they pervert them? Right. Like, not a scientist in a lab. Krennic can't get some people to, you know, erase midichlorians from the bloodstream. Mm. But Sith users could manipulate them to grow the dark side of the forest or something like that. I think that could be an interesting approach. Maybe that's the next trilogy we're getting. Maybe. The madman <laughs> seeks to silence the force. Manipulating the midichlorians. It's a great question. 101 by Darth Plagueis. Yeah. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, we are going to move on to our questions from Twitter. First up, Brian and Tom at Pink Milkhouse. <laughs> Milkhouse. Uh, here's what uh, they ask. What do you think Ahsoka had that Anakin didn't? Why was she able to find the strength to walk away and he couldn't? What do you think? Uh, Ahsoka's got some Jedi boots that are made for walking, and they walked all away from the Jedi Order. Yeah, I... I, I... I watched this sequence so much, man, recently. I watched it so much, and I just love it, and it's all about her finding her, herself. I just... I think she was able to... to I don't... Maybe because she was tossed out, and she had a little bit... You know, you don't... You, 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 if, you, if you're afraid of losing something, but then you lose it, and then you realize you're okay. Yeah. Um, maybe if Anakin had actually... 
accidentally and, uh, you know, not saying lost Padme, but just kind of that fear of the possession, that attachment, the fear of losing things. If he had experienced it and was like, oh, I'm okay. Right. Maybe he wouldn't have done this. And I think Ahsoka got that because that's why she leaves. She doesn't leave before. She leaves when she loses it. And then they're like, cool, you, you get to come back. You passed your test, kid. And she's like, I don't need this. <laughs> yeah. I don't need this. Yeah. I think that's the the heart of it to me is it is it another story about attachments yeah. is that I think Ahsoka could let go of them. I think there's the real just kind of surface level like, oh, wow, this institution is mm-hmm. really flawed right now. And I don't feel great about it. I don't feel great about you going like, whoops, whoops. we put you up for, for trial. And yeah. that's your Jedi trials. Come on back. Like that's all uh, great, mm. just kind of very real world stuff of how would you feel, uh, yep. you know, trusting an institution that made those choices again. But I think mm. on like a deeper level, it is exactly that. What Ahsoka had that Anakin didn't is an ability to let go of attachment. Yeah. And saying, yeah, totally. I don't think this is the right place for me to be. So I'm going to let the force and my own choices take me where I need to go. Mm. It's sad. For, I've lived my whole life here. Yeah. I've strived to be a Jedi. I love Anakin. You know, I probably love Obi-Wan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's willing to, you know, uh, has a bond with Plo Koon, right? Because he's yeah. the one who found her. Found her, yep. Uh, but she is willing to walk away from it. And I don't think Anakin could. Like, Anakin was obviously frustrated with the yeah. Jedi Order and saw the same things on the surface mm-hmm. that she did. Yeah, but I think, right there. Yeah, he can't let go of Obi-Wan. I think he it would take him away from Padme. And I think even, like he's all about conflict. He's all about thinking he can make yeah. things change. So he can't walk away from the war. He mm. can't do what his mom told him to in right. Phantom Menace, which is accept that things change. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I think that's what it's about. And, and Ahsoka has that strength and wisdom to go like, well, sometimes things change. And she, she has, look, she becomes, he's the, he's the teacher, so to speak. And she becomes teacher in the end. I think in rebels, I love that moment when that helmet is cracked. I, I'm, uh, that is, that is Anakin's eye, not Vader staring at her. Yeah. And that's Anakin's voice asking, you know, saying, uh, uh Ahsoka. And, and it's like a brief second where he's, it, it, you almost was like, can't, he's got to be asking himself, can I do what she did? Maybe this is my moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. It's powerful. But he look, you know, he looks up to her in the end that we didn't want, does want to destroy her as well, because that's the battle inside of him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good job, Ahsoka. And great question, Brian and Tom. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. We'll move on to our next uh, question from Daryl Cooper at DC 22957. Uh, almost sounds like a clone number. That's great. Mm. Uh, Daryl says, if there was one thing you could change story wise about the original trilogy, what would it be? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I, it's like I go to the the Ewoks, not the Ewoks Wookiee thing, but like, does it does it end with a not a Death Star? Does it end mm. with something else? Poetry aside, yeah, that's kind of where my mind goes uh, goes first, because otherwise, otherwise it's so. I don't know. It's so good. Maybe, yeah. Does your mind go into like little additions more yes, than big it, changes? Yes. I, like I'd like to see, you know, Jabba's palace is a separate movie, right? It's his yeah. own little weird thing. And then when they pick back up, like could there have been a intercut with another battle? Uh, you know, them trying to get more rebels, trying to get the, get to the rendezvous point or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a Lucas quote. I was reading uh, relatively recently. You can't remember where talking about like the original trilogy is structured like that. Cause I couldn't show mm. a big war yeah. on an exotic planet. Yeah. Uh, 
it, you know, in, in retrospect, it looks like a choice of like, let's tell the story of this war from an intimate perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I agree. Now that we've got all this storytelling, like in addition to be like, it would be great to just get even a little bit more sense of the war. The right? war that's going on. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, the other thing I wrestle with, which I, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about. Okay. The exact location of the Emperor, Vader, and Luke in their final battle. Really? Yeah. No throne room for you? Well, no, I love the throne oh. room. But okay. what you get into is the legend of Star Wars mm-hmm. is that Palpatine is defeated. Vader is extinguished by Anakin. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to hear George tell it, that is the prophecy. Uh, he mm-hmm. fulfills his prophecy with the help of his son, Luke. And Luke gets heralded throughout the galaxy for having defeated, right. you know, the Emperor and Vader. Vader. Um, all of which is beautiful. But then you do get into the real technical question of like, but if Lando just blew it up, yeah. if Lando and Wedge blew it up, do you get to the same conclusion? <laughs> That's so like true. in my own headcanon, I always have to be like, I think if mm. Vader had not thrown Palpatine down the shaft, right. he would have sensed it maybe even been powerful enough to like hold the bolt back. Does the throne room, you know, eject off the death star and he would have escaped (laughs) just in time. Like that's, I I have to think of those headcanon things because I want that victory to be Luke and Vader's Anakin's victory. I like it. Not that they're having a personal squabble about the force. Mm. (laughs) Right. And then Luke or uh, Lando nine numb and wedge. (laughs) Take him out. Yeah, because uh, this is this is a, a friend of mine in Minneapolis came up to me. He's like, you know who actually beat the emperor? I'm like, who? Chewie, when he took that ATST, <laughs> and then you follow the path. <laughs> hey, look, what Luke's what Luke's thought was: let me let me distract him long enough till we blow up, right? So yeah, absolutely. I, I guess that's it. But yeah, I love love those two. I love yeah, those what if? So that yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a what if for me. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on to a very, very serious question from Eric Sander at Eric underscore Schumann 87. What wine goes best with The Last Jedi? Man. <laughs> the hardest question so far. We do a, we do cabs around this house. <laughs> um, I think it's more what chocolate goes with the wine that goes with the oh, most. Uh, interesting. The Last Jedi. Um, and I, uh, I see, I don't. I go for wines based on the uh, bottles, what they look like. Oh, the like. pictures. The pictures. Okay. It's uh, it's like pointing at a menu and going, give me this. Mm. So I go for, we go for a lot of gothic, dark. Oh, yeah. Apothecary? Of, have you had apothecary? Yes, we have. Yeah. Yes, we have around this place. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's where, so that's where I'd go for last year. In this house, we drink gothic yeah. cabs. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> so yes. what image would need to be on the label for you to go, that is the right wine for The Last Jedi? A lot of red. A lot red. of like, there's one we have with a, it's like a woman on it. She's got a red flowing dress. It's like a river of blood flowing out. Oh, wow. I forget the brand name. Yeah. Again, I just see the picture and I pick it up. <laughs> but I think that just uh, a lot of flowing red. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If I could make one up myself, yes. it would be wine that had been bottled by the caretaker's pirate husbands Ooh, who are yeah. out to sea. The wine that they bring back to the party. <laughs> <laughs> on Octo. That's a fun wine. That's, <laughs> That's a, a fun, fun wine. wine, right? Yeah. Fish pirate. I want mm-hmm. fish pirate wine. Yeah. Failing that, the real world thing that uh, pirate wine. you can't get fish pirate wine yeah. uh, or the actual Skywalker wine, uh, the, mm-hmm. the vineyards that Lucas has. Um, it, a Pinot Noir. Okay. You like because it's, it's, it's dark and complex and mm-hmm. in, in Last Jedi certainly has moments of, of mirth. You but, you know. Nice, nice, dark, complex one. Yeah, no blends, no blends, no blends, no, no blends, blends. no uh, no green milk wine no. for me. Nope, 
Nope. That's a different, no, it's <laughs> a different beverage <laughs> entirely. Uh, all right. We are mm. on to our final question from Twitter. Mm. Kevin Ross at studio executive, mm. uh, studio executive with no E in an intriguing <laughs> mystery. Uh, Kevin asks, how do each of you plan to pass the baton to the next generation of fandom? That's a great question. Cause I think it's close to both of our hearts here. Yeah. Isn't it? Uh, how do you plan to do it? Yeah. I'm uh, giving you the pressure first. Right, right. Well, I will be honest, and I, I think I need to think through more what would be uh, practical mm-hmm. things to do. I think yeah. in my uh, in my heart, mm-hmm. it is uh, listen mm-hmm. to younger perspectives, welcome younger people mm-hmm. into the fandom as, as vociferously mm-hmm. as possible, and... Uh, and just really take what is to me one of the morals of Star Wars to heart, which is accept change. Yeah. Um, so it, it's been so great doing Force Center and getting to talk to people in here and really appreciate those different perspectives that come mm-hmm. with different age. Like we have fans who are like, I saw Force Awakens. Right. And then I was like, I'm all in. And I watched them all. And, you know, now we have those fans like, you know, Empire Strikes Back just as well as people who saw it eight times in the theater. Yeah. But it is a different experience because Force Awakens brought you in versus yeah. somebody who saw it when they were mm-hmm. a kid. And you're like, I was thinking about it in the context of Dengar. Dengar, indeed. The last time I watched Empire Strikes Back, you honestly have to work to see Dengar yeah. in the actual film yes. Empire Strikes Back. Pause. I have a relationship with Dengar yeah. because of his action figure, because of his trading card, because mm-hmm. I didn't have an iPad. So I read the Empire Strikes Back storybook 8,000 times. Right. And that's why we have the relationship that we have with Dengar. And I don't expect someone necessarily who came to Star Wars from Force Awakens to have that relationship. I understand why there are only so many three and three quarter action figures. (laughs) And I want to accept those changes. So there's like, there's listening, there's hearing different perspectives that come from age, that come Mm -hmm. um, from gender or from people of color experiencing it differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I think the the first thing I want to do is just listen and go, how do you see it differently Yeah, because of whatever time, technology, who you are, mm-hmm. and how does that complement the way I've seen it because of the path I've had in life? Yeah, I, I that's great and powerful and, and great question, Kevin. And I go to some of the little experiences I've had with like my cousin's daughters who I was able to accompany to a, their first convention. They were dressed as Ray and Kylo and to watch it through their eyes. But also the conversations I've had when, I remember one particular guy at a, like a Schmodown live event. It's like, hey, you know, Clone Wars was the first Star Wars I ever saw. Like, and and not going, what? <laughs> wow, oh, I saw it in the original. I saw Empire in the theaters. Um, but what going, a fool to not be born at the exact same yeah, time I was. But to to kind of go, wow, what is that perspective? And and, and listen to what you said up top, and that's the most powerful thing. And just making um, making the effort to be aware that this is mine and everybody's. And that doesn't mean we're all enjoying the same things all the time in star Wars. This is mine and everybody's is a powerful phrase. Yeah. It's a shared journey, right? But it's different from all the parts, all, all different angles. And and that's just in the conversations. I I think it even last two or three years, you know, the, the, the feel of, um, force awakens. If, if, you know, going, I don't want to say too, too, too negative, but like when that, that shot went around of um, like Luke, Han, Leia, and Lando and the Falcon, and people were like, this is what, this is the Star Wars we wanted. Like, I would have liked to have seen that, but yeah. that cannot have been the movie, could not have been the lead. 
Yeah. This it 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 had to have been the next generation, and and Star Wars is bigger than what you thought it was growing up, and and we've all I think made that conscious decision to be like what you know what is what is the Star Wars after us? Yeah, what is it like after us? Yeah, exactly. And and it's a good thing to give thought to like besides encouraging mm-hmm. new voices. Yeah. You know what what you know action uh makes sense to take uh when my nephew was born which is now quite a while ago Mm. i did buy him a lightsaber a toy lightsaber and uh like when he was born and told uh my brother hey uh you know can you give this to him when he's old enough and say yeah the uncle wanted you to have this when he's old enough (laughs) and uh he got it when he was about two three years old so yeah so that that was my first attempt to pass on star wars the next generation it went pretty well yeah (laughs) Uh, great stuff, Kevin. I mean, it's something that's on our mind. I can't, uh, you know, it's a case by case basis, and, and, and you know, when, when you when you find an opportunity to pass it on, and just you know, to hear it, to hear it when someone says, "Ah, oh, young," or "I'm new to Star Wars," we have people on our Discord server like Force Awakens is what brought me here, and to be respectful of that and have joy for them for that. Yeah, we can never experience. You could never have been born in 1972 and seen it uh, when you were five. You right, know? right. And I, if you we can never be born uh, a couple years ago. Yes. Uh, so I did skip a question. Oh, you did. I oh. did. I did. Oh, yeah. oh. So I did. Oh, no. I, so I, I offer you the choice, Ken. Yeah, we can go back for it, or it can be like Luke's third lesson, and we can wonder about what it is, and we can revisit it on the next main show. Um, I, I, I wonder if we'll have a better answer knowing anything mm, yes this is a yeah. good mystery question yeah i swear i didn't do this on purpose no. but this is a great cliffhanger it is a great cliffhanger what is the missing question <laughs> the fifth twitter question <laughs> i say i say we answer it when we uh, All have right. a little more information we'll do that yeah. we'll do that That's so that good. is uh, our questions nine great questions 10 great questions. One I forgot about or missed on my list. Uh, so we will address that one next time, but great questions. Thanks as always to all of our listeners for answering or asking such great questions. Absolutely. Uh, we, uh, our 200th episode is coming up. Yeah. As you saw on our discord server, someone will have to give them, uh, get the name made a, uh, four center bingo card. Oh my. And it's fun. It's made with out of complete love for what we do. <laughs> some of the phrases you and I say over and over again, some of the things we love, uh, they didn't put absolute. I say absolutely a ton. It's my little placeholder word. Absolutely. And absolutely. And uh, that's there. Uh, 200 episode <laughs> is coming up and it looks like it might be the Rise of Skywalker review as you talked about yeah, last week. Yeah, I think right? it might, uh, it might uh, end up that way. The way it works. Anyways, uh, we are looking forward to that. We are so happy. All of you who joined uh, today with your questions from uh, Twitter and Patreon and other spots. And to do so for future episodes or want to join the conversation, follow up on anything we talked about here today, you can go to Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. Like our Facebook page, website, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. In transition, but that one is still up. Uh, websites, of, uh, excuse me, podcasts available in a lot of spots, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, RadioCast, PocketCast, and <laughs> Anchor is there. And on Anchor, I will say, we, we did this big switch it's been going great. I did just know there seems to be some issue with older episodes cutting off. We're aware. We're trying to work on that problem. So stay tuned for that. We appreciate you going back and trying to catch up or relive some of the Force Center memories. We have episodes on YouTube and special stuff up there, Instagram as well. And patreon.com slash Force Center is also where you can support us. And Joseph, we got merch. That is right. We have merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. That's the URL. We're trying to highlight some of the uh, t-shirts, mugs, whatnot. And it seems really appropriate 
this week of trailers mm-hmm. to spotlight our Speculate Responsibly shirt. Yes. Because we're going to get into a wild and joyous season of speculating. So let uh, let everyone know uh, right on a t-shirt how you're feeling about Speculating Responsibly. Again, that's tpublic.com slash user slash four center. We got our own stuff we work on, including comedy shows and uh, other writings and other things. Joseph, what's, what's going on in your world? Where yeah, can they find you? Yeah, you can always find me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website website for pod my website absolutely uh my website for podcasts comedy shows all kinds of stuff in particular the latest episode of obsessed is uh with grace Mm, with your partner grace talking about the television show ghost adventures it's a Mm -hmm. really fun episode and then if you're in the la area this friday i have a show at geeky tees it's a game night variety show lots of fun and pop culture stuff so go check that out again it's all on my website josephscrimshaw.com and for me, go to catnapsock.com or follow me at catnapsock Twitter, Instagram, like the Facebook page. If you're a sports fan, a baseball fan specifically, flag sports baseball columns I write every week now. That's up even during the off season. And uh, comedy coming up November 16th. I'll be in Washington, D.C. with Mark Ellis. Two shows. Go to markellislive.net for information and tickets. That is it this week. It's been a different show, I will admit. Slightly distracted because I keep daydreaming about the trailer I've yet to see, (laughs) but all of you will have seen by the type time this is out. We'll see you next time on Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.